Guys, welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. Today is February 1st, and I wanted to remind you that the Arizona elk and antelope application period uh, comes to an end here in a couple weeks, uh, February 13th. So make sure you get your applications in online. The paper application deadline has already passed. So make sure you get your application in. We're going to cover over the next couple weeks uh, the Arizona elk and antelope applications. We're going to talk with some more outfitters. Uh, Make sure you understand if you are applying in Arizona, we are in a severe drought. Let me repeat, we are in a severe drought. And if things don't change, uh, we will potentially have some antler growth issues. We will have some potential uh, bugling, uh, maybe some... You know, cows not cycling, potentially not a good rut. This is looking like an O2. Uh, the last time we've had a drought that looks like this, it's O2 and it was a rough year. Uh, 96 was also a rough year. Uh, I, I don't want to be Debbie Downer, but I want you guys to understand what you're dealing with potentially here. So... Uh, guys, also, uh, I'm going to be in Salt Lake City at the Western Hunting Expo. I don't have a booth. I'll just be walking around on Friday and Saturday. If you're going to be there, i uh, love to hook up with you if you're a podcast listener. I uh, love hearing from uh, all you guys, meeting you guys. Uh, so look me up. Uh, you can shoot me a, a direct message on Instagram or an email. and love to meet up with you guys. Also, uh, Dark Colburn and I are going to be in Nashville, Tennessee for the NWTF convention uh, here in a couple weeks uh, with our business, GouldsTurkeyHunt.com. We're going to be in booth number 1360. And uh, all you guys out uh, east, uh, even you Midwesterners, uh, and any of you turkey hunters for that matter, uh, if you listen to the podcast, come by and see us in the booth. That's booth 1360 out there in Nashville, Tennessee at Opryland. Uh, guys, I want to thank you for your support of this podcast. Uh, just finished the month of January, and I believe we set five five months in a row. We set uh, download records, and um, we are getting close to a million downloads for the month. Uh, and it's just an astronomical number. And this um, whole thing wouldn't be possible without your loyal support. You guys listening to this podcast, and I really appreciate it. I want to encourage you to send me an email or send me a direct message uh, on Instagram. Uh, If you have any questions, comments, or anything about the podcast, uh, anything you want to know, if I don't know the answer, I'll dig and try and find it for you. And I just love hearing from you guys. You can send me an email at jscottoutdoors at gmail.com. You can send me a direct message at jscottoutdoors on Instagram. And I've been gone here for about 18 days or so. I finally got my voice back. Uh, I was pretty much lost my voice and was kind of off and on coughing and uh, sick. Uh, through the whole coos deer hunt, uh, but we had a great hunt in Sonora, Mexico. Uh, we had a lot of 
uh, great times with clients and friends and uh, harvested some nice bucks, uh, one buck in particular, uh, giant non-typical that Dar and I uh, had seen in December, had videoed, and um, we thought he was going to give us a slip. I uh, ended up uh, finding him on the sixth night of the hunt, and uh, Sean DeRemer uh, was able to harvest the buck on the seventh day on our first hunt, and then we had a great hunt, which you're going to hear about here on this podcast uh, with the guys sit down with the hunters here, and you're going to hear about the second hunt. Uh, had a, had a great group on our second hunt. Uh, guys, I want to finish here and thank the sponsors of this podcast, GoHunt.com Insider. I want to remind you that that is the most uh, valuable tool that any Western hunter could have uh, when they're looking at all the units across the Western U.S. to apply for. If you go to GoHunt.com forward slash J. Scott, you're going to get a automatically get a $50 GoHunt Gear Shop gift card. Uh, when you sign up to be an insider member and remember that they have the most accurate draw odds uh, out there on the market today and all of the incredible giveaways gear giveaways hunt giveaways that go hunt does uh, with their insider members it's it's a truly a valuable uh, resource and i encourage you guys to check it out Uh, also thank uh, jason harrison at kuyu ultralight hunting and uh, uh, for those of you listening, if you're at SCI uh, today, tomorrow, or the next day, uh, definitely go by and uh, see the guys at Kuyu Ultralight Hunting. Uh, check out all the gear. They'll also be at Salt Lake City at the Western Hunt Expo. Uh, and um, go say hi to Jason. Go say hi to Brendan. Uh, tell them you're a podcast listener. And uh, if you have any questions about the Kuyu gear, uh, make sure you... You, you go get your questions answered. You can also always ask me any questions about gear. I want to thank Jason for their sponsorship uh, with the Kuyu Ultralight Honey. I want to thank thank them for their sponsorship uh, of this podcast. Also, PhoneScope, uh, use the JScott16 promo code and you're going to get a 10% discount at PhoneScope.com. Uh, that's all the products. Uh, the adapters are amazing uh, you guys have probably seen them on my Instagram account where you're able, PhoneScope has is, is made adapters where they can adapt any phone uh, to any binocular spotting scope or optic, and you can be immediately taking photos and videos, and that's what uh, uh, I use, and um, you'll see all the videos of, of coos deer and elk and, and mule deer, sheep, whatever, on my uh, Instagram account that's all taken with a phone scope. I want to thank them for their sponsorship. Also, the Optics Authority, the Outdoorsman's, uh, there in Arizona. If you use the J. Scott promo code, uh, either on outdoorsmans.com or if you call 1 800 291 8065 and uh, use, use my name, use J. Scott, you're going to get a 10% discount. And I just want to thank these four sponsors. Uh, for being with me. Uh, We are coming up on my uh, third anniversary of this podcast. About February 15th uh, in 2015 is when I started the podcast. Um, Just just an amazing, uh, it's just been an amazing ride. And I want to thank the sponsors for being there 
along on that ride. And I want to thank you guys for supporting the sponsors. I hear from them all the time about all the support you give them. Uh, all of the sponsors of the J. Scott Outdoors podcast will be uh, in Salt Lake City at the Western Hunt Expo. Uh, make sure you drop in and see them. Uh, stop by. I'd love to, love to chat with you guys as well. And um, let's get right to this episode. And I want to thank you guys again for your support. Welcome to the J. Scott Outdoors podcast. We're down here in Sonora, Mexico. We just finished the second group, our second week here in Sonora, Mexico. Uh, Dar Colburn, Hunter Haynes, and I typically do two weeks of guided hunts down here. And uh, we've got a great group here. Uh, we've got uh, Frank Sanders from Alaska. We've got Jared Smith from California. We've got Brad Opitz from New Mexico. We've got Ryan Kerwin from Missouri, formerly of Arizona. We've get, got uh, Chip Bartell of Arizona and Aaron Hyde of Arizona. Hunter Haynes is, who knows what he's doing in the other room, but we'll get him here in a minute. Got my partner Dar Colburn here, and um, it's January 28th. And we just finished seven days of hunting here, uh, down here in Sonora. And we came off a week last week, Dar, where we we had a really good first week. We shot a really one really really big deer um, that we had seen, and we talked about on the podcast before. Uh, we'd seen that deer in December, and um, kind of gave us the slip all week, and and ended up finding him on the sixth evening and got him killed on the morning of the seventh. Um, yeah, last day. Just a phenomenal deer. And then we had uh, five guys killed today with, with one buck to go and kind of rallied here on the last day. Actually, yesterday we had two bucks killed, so we kind of rallied in the last two days. Mm-hmm. Uh, you get really good rut, uh, but it can be spotty because if it's warm or such, maybe the deer aren't really rutting, and then it seems as though they get progressing. And then by the time the end of the, the first week and end of the start of the second week, you know, you're kind of right in the middle of, I would say, the best running days. So we try and structure the days where the first and second group both get, you know, great running. I, I would say the second week, and guys, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you guys what you what your opinion was, but we had some really good running days on this. <clears throat> and it seems like we might have had a day or even two that was a little bit low, a little lackluster. And then the very next day would be, some of the best running we saw, some of the best chasing and what have you. Um, and I think every year it's a little different. Mm-hmm. One thing I noticed with this group is, I mean, of the six bucks, I think four or five have broken points or parts of points or beams broken. And we've seen a lot of bucks in the last couple of days broken. Yeah, and I mean, that's pretty typical, wouldn't you say? The later, even yeah. in like mule deer elk, whatever you're hunting, as the rut progresses, you're going to have broken points. Uh, I'm sure, Frank, your moose and some of that, as the rut progresses, they, they're just, you know, they're fighting more. The, the antlers are becoming more brittle and they break them off. Absolutely. Especially caribou. You know, they're a longer tined, not as, you know, beefy as an elk and you see an elk break itself. And so caribou do, especially, and, and you'll see the moose will take some, some points off for sure. There was, there was even on the first or second day, we were even seeing bucks in a fight. Oh, yeah. They were pushing each other around the mountains. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, yeah. There, there was definitely some aggression going on. 
you know, yesterday we we had where we rallied and killed two bucks. I guess that would be on day six. On day five, we all kind of agreed that it was a little bit of a lackluster day. I don't know that there was actually any difference in temperature or it was you know pretty windy though that day it was a little yeah. windy so it seemed like the deer movement wasn't as, as much but on day six i mean i saw something that i'd never seen as aaron's picking ticks off his hide here uh <laughs> so we can cross in the morning you finding some over there i am yeah um <laughs> yesterday i saw two bucks chasing a doe which you know we've all seen but i saw him on a real Deep side slope running as fast as they could run and then they ran right out in front of jared and then you got to see it chip ryan you got mm-hmm. to shoot dark i mean it was crazy down in that bottom um that doe actually kind of slipped out the back door and those bucks were literally doing circles trying to find her scent to get on her um curious if they ever caught up with her that one buck was like loping down the road and in the bottom. Yeah, crazy. In circles trying to find her. Crazy. Just like a blood, you know, yeah. just like a hound yeah, dog exactly. trying to catch that scent. And then they'd run and they'd hit it and then they'd backtrack yeah. it. Um, really neat. Uh, how many first timers here in Sonora do we have any in the room that first time? Jared, Aaron, and Frank. Yep. So, uh, Frank, you've killed seven coos deer with your bow. Yes. This was the first coos deer that you've actually killed with a rifle. Yep. And you had hunted for a handful of days, sitting in water and trying to shoot one with your bow. Um, and then you picked the big stick up with two days to go, right? Yes. What was kind of coming in your logic or your game plan of trying to get your eighth with the bow? Basically, um, what turned you to the dark side, Frank? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's a lot of water here. And these deer, I mean, one thing that's different about here than some of the spots I hunt in Arizona is I'm hunting small tanks, drinkers, things that I can cover with one or two cameras. And I think something that I, it's not something I think, because I sat tanks where I saw it happen. I think a lot of us have become so uh, dependent on cameras that we had some, I had some circumstance where I couldn't hunt the spot I did, so I moved to a new spot. And it was a spot where I checked a couple cameras there, you know. Yeah, there's a couple deer, but I thought maybe we're missing some. I had five deer coming in that last hour and a half that I got to sit there. Two bucks, three does. All of them came off the back of the tank. None of them, you know, would have been on camera. You know, of course, I took pictures of, you know, smaller bucks. Uh, One nice one. But, um, you know, I think like any new area, you know, I'm trying to kind of learn it. Um, you know, you guys know it. I mean, to start the first day, I so saw overwhelming, more. Didn't it? Oh, I saw more coos deer the first day. I, I, I want to say conservatively, we saw fifteen to eighteen bucks. You know, when you count small guys, medium, you know, a few big ones, um, and a ton of does. So, with having that many deer all over, you'd think, well, it'd be easy, and it's not because I overthink things. I think I think you know, I hate to use think so much. But I spent a lot of time kind of bouncing around when looking back and thinking about what I just said about the cameras. I think I've been better sitting a couple of those spots pretty steady. Yeah, consistent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I feel like when you start bouncing around, you're just basically chasing yesterday's news. Yesterday's news yeah. And then it, it's not enough of a pattern that you just bounce around. I almost think you would have been better off in one tank and never left that tank. Absolutely. You know? Yeah. 
and it was hard for me to determine which tank that was right at the beginning because you know Dar had a good game plan he said hey let's spend a day or two and kind of figure out where you want to be so you're putting your time in the, the your highest um your best quality spot. Well, we were kind of relying on the cameras and then just glassing the first yeah. couple days and then seeing what, what was what after. Now, I will say if we would have had cameras running, say, a month ahead of time where we had a bunch of data yeah. where you could really start establishing a pattern or timeline yeah. of when bucks are coming in. We did, but a lot of them dried up and, right. and had one camera on a tank and it just doesn't show you. Yeah, and I think the cattle, so. too, yeah. when you have so many cattle, I think it changes... It, I think the cattle are a big factor. Yeah. But, you know, with that being said, the one spot that we found that I spent, you know, the majority of my time was literally, you know, there was cattle in it every day and there's hardly any water. So you would think if that was the case with the cattle, it would be the opposite. think they're not going to come in here. But looking back... And it was dirty water. It was like the water in cow tracks, yeah. you know, where there's... Like urine, urine and everything in there. And poop and, yeah. I mean, not if they're just used to it. I think so. I yeah, think so. but um, so but you yeah. ended up you you switched to the big stick and and uh, you and Hunter went out on day six and got a nice buck. I did a bunch of bunch of points, multiple points on that buck. Yeah, six um, points on the one side, and I was actually dropped off a ridge on a buck that I got on. We saw a buck down at the bottom that I you know said was an older buck, not a great scoring buck, and on the way to him, I spotted another buck and I got the spotting scope and I saw his one side. His right side had five points, and I knew he, he deserved a better look. And you were talking about the rutting yesterday. He had a doe pin that was trying to get over the ridge, so I ran, tried to get to him before she got over, because I knew wherever she went, he was going. He was cutting her back like a cutting horse, yeah. and in that you know eight hundred yards, you know I just I lost him. And then Hunter called me on the radio and said, "Hey, I got a really neat buck. You know something I think you'll interest you. You know because I was more into." The neat or the heavy than I am. You score. heard six by five and said, "Yep, I'm there." You're right. Yeah. So yeah. you heard yeah. giant, giant. Yeah. 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 The word giant. <laughs> I didn't have to think too hard on that one. Yeah. Uh, Jared, your first time in Mexico, yes. first time cooster hunting. Correct. From a guy that's done a lot of hunting, hunted a lot over the around the world and such as well. Right. Um, your first impressions of Sonora, impressions of the cooster. What what are you thinking? First of all, I was very impressed with the accommodations here. This is a great place. Hospitality was excellent. Uh, and the coos deer are just a neat little deer that is unlike other deer that I've hunted. So they were very cool. And you were able to complete your North American deer slam. Yes. And you didn't even let me know that until after your deer was killed. And you said, hey, I think I just completed the slam. That's pretty cool. Yeah. And you got a really nice buck. Um, and so out of the deer, all the deer that you've killed in the slam, what would you say, what makes coos deer different or, um, is there anything that you can point out that, that you thought were really cool about them? Oh, I don't know. They're, they, they seem to rut from my limited experience a little more, I don't know, ferocious. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. They were. Tense, More aggressive yeah. than I, yeah. Then what I've seen, mule deer, yeah. which I've hunted quite a bit in the rut, blacktail, uh, not so much 
Right. Pound for pound, like they're definitely ferocious. Yeah, I mean, they get out. They're aggressive, for sure. I wonder how much of that is actually because it's pretty open and we can actually see them really moving around. Right. And maybe some of the other deer, we don't get to actually watch them as much with their behavior and, and such. That could be true. Yeah, I think they true. were doing some fighting stuff overnight those couple nights, too, because it sure seemed like the last couple days we would see bucks one day and the next day they'd be broken. Through. Yeah, and... How much of that do you think is with the coming moon, with the moon getting more full, it's going to be full here in four or five days, I think. Um, it seems like at night when, you know, or when we wake up in the morning, even tonight coming, you know, you can already see the moon and it's bright and, you know, they're probably spending a lot of time on their feet chasing. Yeah, definitely. Correct. Warmer temperatures too. Yeah. yeah and that was another thing I was going to point out. This week, I mean, we did we had one morning where there was maybe just a little skip of frost, but I mean... And for the whole two weeks, Star, it's been about as warm as I can remember down here. Yeah. There was ice in the river crossing, though. The first morning? Every morning. Oh, was I there? crossed it, yeah. Okay. So I think those valleys are getting colder. Yeah. But once you get out of that bottom, it's, it's warm. Yeah. And uh, Aaron, so this was your first coos deer hunt. What? And you actually won, and so did Chip actually won. The Arizona Deer Association had done a raffle coos deer hunt. Uh, two spots with us for this hunt and you actually bought a few tickets and won i did yeah i bought two tickets and was surprised with the win yeah that's cool and um you got to hunt with dar uh, most of the week and um uh ended up with a great buck here that you're picking the ticks off of made a one-shot kill and um that was pretty awesome it was it was fantastic it was a great week um i couldn't have asked for anything better great experience all the way around good good um now, so Brad, you actually just killed a coos deer uh, in December, your first coos deer, yes. and you shot him with a bow. You hunted with another outfitter and hunted uh, kind of in the desert and shot, shot a, a coos deer with your bow, and then you got one with a rifle. Uh, what were your impressions of hunting these deer in the mountains? Uh, primarily an archer, so I, I really like that aspect of it. Um, a lot of smaller deer down there, though, mm-hmm. down by Hermosillo. Body size or, uh, or antlers? Antler size down okay. there. Okay. Um, we didn't see as many deer. A lot more here okay. in this area. Um, but they're a lot more vocal. Um, when we were hunting down there, they were grunting all really? the time, start wheezing huh. constantly. Uh, but uh, Now, do you think if you were closer to them, to these uh, deer, you'd hear I'm, the same? I'm sure you would. Yeah, yeah. this is a whole different game here. This is long-range stuff, so... Mm-hmm. But I enjoyed it. I wanted to try something different and, mm-hmm. and try for a bigger deer, which this was a lot nicer deer. Right. Right on. You got a really nice buck. Congratulations. Two, two in one season. That's pretty good. Hard to beat, huh? Love the coos deer. Yeah, for Great sure. Challenge. And um, so we've got uh, Chip. You you actually won the other spot. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, Aaron, Aaron won the one, and you won the other. Yeah, Aaron he, wasted some money because I only bought one ticket. One ticket, <laughs> and, I, and I ended up winning. So, and um, you've been in Sonora before. I have been. Um, did you notice anything this week different that than the trip before, just with the deer or in I, general? I, I think what I noticed, at least on this ranch, was there, there was a larger number of deer. There were deer everywhere. Just about, it was hard to find a, a day or a hunt where you didn't run into deer. It may have been does, and it may have been small bucks, but you were always getting activity. Mm-hmm. Um, that may have been 
assisted a little bit by having the guides and the eyes that you guys have that we're seeing a lot more than I would normally see on my own. Um, but it, the opportunity was, was much more accelerated than in any other ranch. Or so other the experience was really good. The experience from, was from great from top to bottom. Yeah. From, from top to bottom. The, like somebody was saying, the accommodations, um, as well as just the deer experience. It was something I had never, never had before. And it's also nice to go on a hunt and you gain five pounds from all the good oh, cooking. <laughs> now our stuff. Our group last week is going. Wait a minute, we yeah. didn't get cooking. <laughs> Darla's the cook. Yeah. <laughs> I would thank. Yeah, I would dip that cook. Yeah, <laughs> I was uh, thankful for this week. <laughs> I, I thought it was kind of fun yesterday when all that rutting was going on and and you know they started rutting below Jared mm-hmm. and Dark could see him and Ryan and I could see him. And all of a sudden, the radio, you go, he just crossed the road. I'm like, Chip, where are you? <laughs> it, it was fun to have, you know, everybody spread out. I mean, we're probably, you know, from one point to the other, a mile away from each other, all looking at the same deer. And that was a lot of fun. Yeah. I mean, it, it added a lot of... And they were uh, covering a yeah. big distance. And we I still mean, lost track. Yeah, we still <laughs> lost them. <laughs> we had them triangulated yeah. from every angle, and we still lost them. Yeah. Uh, Ryan, my sidekick all week, Ryan Kerwin here from Missouri, actually, uh, I, I probably have to split my winnings with you, um, because, uh, I, I do have to say here, uh, two, two people around this table, uh, particularly, uh, m- m- made it, oh yeah, here we go, get the money out, boys, pay up. <laughs> 70 bucks. We pay our best. Do you hear the money now? So Ryan and Aaron had gone up a certain hill that we now call $70 Hill. And um, Ryan and I had already, and Jared, I believe, had already made it up that hill. Yep. And um, Dar had... In the Ranger. In the Ranger. And Dar had spun out and said, I think he said that you can't go up it anymore. I said, oh, I, I know I can go up that hill. <laughs> and then it started said, I'll bet you 50 bucks you can't go up that hill. And Aaron said, I'll bet you another 20 you can't go up. So this morning on the final morning, Ryan, happy birthday, by the way. Thank you. Uh, Ryan Kerwin's birthday today, and he had the last man standing, so everybody was out glassing for you today. Uh, Dar, Dar had a big buck spotted, but when we came back, we had to go by $70 hill. And That's I had right. to take that right turn to see if we could do it. Yep. yep. And you were cheering, cheering us on, and uh, we made it to the top. And it's I love the smell of fresh money. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I will say right now, Goodyear is probably going to take all that seventy and then another hundred. Yeah, they're going to place the belt and the clutch. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> I, I, I've never, I hope it was worth it. Yeah, I've never <laughs> been shy to blow up a twenty thousand dollar rig over a seventy dollar bet. Uh, Ryan, uh, you as well. You've hunted all over the world. Um, hunted a lot of different things. Uh, shot a really nice uh, whitetail on your home place yep. uh, back in in uh, Missouri. A uh, big heavy buck, and you had kind of said all week that you know you you wanted kind of a special buck. Um, weren't really concerned as much on score. Uh, would like something with some mass, some character, just something a little bit you know different. I believe the you you have one coos deer to your credit. I think around ninety five inches, if that. Yeah, yeah, I'd be lucky to be that. Yeah. And um, so the last man standing, dark calls. He's got a he's got a good. 
buck found and we were all the way at the other end of the ranch and um it was kind of fun this morning hauling bud over there covering you know we had brad and chip and and um jared and we were hauling butt uh trying to get over there to where dar was and yeah it was exciting hauling butt but he took time to go <laughs> seven <laughs> we had to win the money for a little sure. detour um but that was fun so we got over there to dar and he showed us where the buck was and um made a pretty good little stock up there to that tree and got settled in the shade and dang yeah. if that buck wasn't right there in the shade and you know we didn't really we couldn't really see what it was we were kind of going off of what dar had said and you were set up on your on your uh, tripod. Wait, what did I say? Huh? What did I say? You said it was a buck that we need to shoot. You thought it was between 105 and 110, which I'll give you credit, it was. I, I thought I heard on the radio it's a small buck, 95. <laughs> so... Crab claw. It was bad. Did I not hear that? I, I think kept you did. seeing oh, a crab claw. Little did I know it was a G4, so I'm questioning Dar, and he's going, I'm going, well, we're just probably going to just shoot it, and he's, then he goes, well, you need to verify it. Yeah. And yeah. that's where the blob came in. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, all I could see was a silhouette, and uh, we talked about where the body was, and where the head was, and where we could place the bullet, and... We decided to do that. Yeah, 421 yards, and yeah. you clicked the turret, and I didn't really know what to expect because, honestly, the way the deer was shaped, I mean, it literally looked like a watermelon. Yeah. And that's a pretty <laughs> small target at 421 yards. Yeah. And, you know, we talked about, you You know, you said, well, how big does it look? And, you know, you shot it, and it literally fell over in its bed. Yeah. Uh, perfect shot right through the point of the shoulder, and um, congrats, a four by three, beautiful little buck. Thank you. Yeah, nice scoring buck, and Dar, you were right on. Thanks, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be fifty bucks. That means more. Than <laughs> <laughs> Giving Dar a little credit. You know, one thing that I'd like to point out or say, um, I've been obviously in the outfitting business too, and I've been on a lot of hunts is something I saw here that I've never seen, I've seen it, but never to this extent, was as each person was done, the involvement, everybody got up the same time every morning. You know, typically what I've seen, I've done many guided hunts, I've guided a lot of hunts, is when a hunter's done, they kind of just, you know, get pushed off to the side, hang out in camp or whatever. But the involvement of each hunter here you know, like this morning, we were all up at 5 again. We all ate at 5.30. And everybody spread out to help each other. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. absolutely outstanding. It's fun, isn't it? It, it is fun. Yeah. But, I mean, it just it says a lot about you guys as an outfit. And, you know, I think it was Jared said, I don't want to sit around camp. Yeah. You know, so being able to communicate with each other and everybody working towards, you know, everyone's success. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I think one thing that plays into that, that, you know, there's some people that don't like radios and they don't like, you know, that communication aspect. I think there's a whole nother way to look at it that, you know, half the fun is communicating. What do you see in Frank? You right. know, what do you see in Hunter? Dar, what do you got? Aaron, what do you see in what, you know, and having an, an involvement where everybody kind of knows what's going on yeah. and we're all kind of working to a common goal. Even on day one, when everybody's kind of hunting in different places and not necessarily cross-glassing or, 
But then as the week goes on and bucks start getting shot, it becomes more of a, hey, I got bucks over here. Yeah. You, know, you might come take a look. That makes it fun. It was, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah, it just, yeah, it was impressive. Thank well, you. Like, Thank you. Oh, I said it once or twice during the week. I said, this is a team sport. Yeah. Yeah. And this, this team generally made that true. Yeah. I mean, at the end, for Ryan's buck, I, I I sat and just tried to calculate a little bit. We had fifteen to twenty thousand dollars worth of optics yeah. looking at this one buck. Yeah. For this one shot. For to, this shoot one to shoot the blob. And to shoot the blob. Yeah. 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 And it was everybody was there and everybody was yeah, giving their free time. Yeah. It was fun. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm just recapping some of what we saw. A lion. Uh, one, one lion. We saw some quadamundis. About a billion javelina. A billion javelina. Right. Um, turkeys. Turkeys. Yeah, turkeys. Not many coyotes, although we got a few on the cameras. Yeah, I saw quite a few coyotes. Did you? Yeah. I, I didn't see many coyotes. I saw a few, but yeah. Um, but, you know, what else? What are we missing? Uh, fox. You saw, saw some fox. Yeah, a lot of foxes. Really yeah. cool cardinals and some neat birds. Uh, Sonora, if, if anybody listening to the podcast here hasn't been to Sonora, whether it's a deer hunt or a turkey hunt or just to go visit Sonora, would you guys agree? I mean, we're in a place right now when you look at these mountains, if you weren't here, you probably wouldn't even think it existed in Mexico. No. Oh, absolutely not. Pretty a, ri- a river running through the place. Yeah, a river. It's crazy. I think one of the biggest things, too, about it, and a lot of people asked me when I told them I was coming, was the safety factor. And I saw zero zero problems i mean i think that you know, it depends obviously where you're at and situational but zero problems with the way everything ran i mean it's about as smooth as it could freaking go don't you think frank though i mean you're an outfitter a very successful outfitter in alaska and you know you have a lot of travel things that you have to deal with maybe not as much of safety issues and stuff but don't you think a lot of it is just kind of people's perceived notion of that maybe have never even done it Exactly. And they hear yeah. something and then they take it and then they hear something and it's really not the real deal. Well, it's it's that or they take one or two situations that'll happen in an area when you say, you know, Mexico. Yeah. You know, people, I don't know if they look at it. The size of the country is incredible. Yeah. That's like somebody got stabbed in the U.S. so we're not going to go outside. Well, that's, right. you know. Every you hour. Know, exactly. Yeah. We yeah. got a pretty pretty broad broad area to cover. But, um but yeah, and, and I, I think a lot of, no, I know a lot of it has to do with your guys' planning for crossing the border and your knowledge. It's invaluable. Yeah. It's absolutely invaluable. It, um, it helps to have somebody that knows what they're doing. I mean, you guys cross how many times? A, two dozen times a year? I mean, we've done it a At lot, least. and, it, and really, so it really helps. That's it, for it, sure. And it provides us with a lot of confidence to know that you've done this. You know, Just follow your instructions, and you'll be fine getting over yeah, yeah. that's my number one question when i talked to jay the first time and um you know he had all the paperwork ready this window then that window this is the paperwork you need it couldn't have been couldn't have been easier it was great yeah it's it's been a trial and error process for sure you know and it's kind of a steep learning curve but it, it definitely uh goes smoother when you have everything in order so uh, how many how many ticks do you think you've picked off that subject? <laughs> I know Jared has worked on his for like four days, and he's still easily over a hundred, if not more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Jared, I think you picked it, and then you actually checked it, or maybe it was you, Frank. You you had a Mexican guy pick it for you. Yeah, Luis, and he said Luis it was clean, and he picked for hours, and you checked it. And there was fifty more you picked yeah. off. Yeah. 
Yeah, he was going by sight, I think, and I was just more or less feeling it. You could feel the small lumps, and uh, but yeah, no, there's quite a few. So the deal with the ticks, guys, uh, listening, uh, they won't let you cross any capes uh, back into the U.S. with ticks on them. Although you do get some uh, USDA inspectors that are more lenient than others, um, but they say if they find a tick, they're going to confiscate them. So the guys have been, you know, picking ticks uh, religiously here. And we've got some Mexican guys outside with, I mean, they've been picking since one o'clock this afternoon. It's now almost seven and they've got headlamps and they're still picking. I think it was earlier than that because we came back at like a quarter to 12 and I went to get my cape to start and Luis had it already. Yeah. So yeah, maybe even earlier. Yeah. Well, the other night, Jared found one on his back when he was in his sleeping bag. <laughs> <laughs> so he, he might not be able to go home. I don't know. <laughs> That's a bad <laughs> I'm not going to look on Jared. <laughs> if they want to check me at the border, they can check. Yeah. So one person that's missing here, um, but he's probably in there checking his Instagram account, is old Hunt Haynes. Um, if if Hunter, he wouldn't have lost his phone. Yeah, so <laughs> he lost his phone. Girls, I'm just going to tell you right now, he has lost his phone. So if you don't hear from him for two or three days, just leave a message. He will get back to you. I also want to tell everyone on the last podcast that we had Hunter Haynes on, and I ask for submissions from all you girls that are listening that are single. Hunter is still single, and we still are accepting applications. You can <laughs> direct message me on Instagram or send me an email at jscottoutdoors uh, at gmail.com. Uh, send filter them for him. I'll filter them for him. Uh, send photos. Send a resume. Um, last time when I asked for it, we've got probably over 100 submissions. And uh, things are looking bright for Hunter Haynes, but he is still single. So um, we are trying to get him hooked and fixed up, and um, he, he's a little bit of a moving target. Is this like uh, he's also wants one with a Polaris Ranger and send photos of the Ranger? <laughs> it's kind of like that. Yeah, exactly. Do you have to be a female? Yes, let's stipulate. Yes, you do have to be a female. Both are. Um, he's an unbelievable talent. Uh, I think he picked up half the deer in this in this uh, at this table nice. over his shoulder, packed him out with his backpack over the top of his back, and he has incredible eyes, can spot deer, uh, just unbelievable. And he's been a lot of fun to have here, Absolutely. Uh, not only on the coos deer but on the Gould's turkey hunts. And um, uh, he's not much for sitting around and doing a podcast. Uh, but he's a lot of fun to have around, and um, he's been a really good hand, a uh, great hunter, and it's been fun to have him around for a handful of years now. So, uh, guys, I know some of you are headed to SCI. Um, Frank, I know you've got a hunt, a muskox hunt, I think, or something coming yep. up. And um, uh, Anybody else got anything that's uh, coming up or pending as far as hunts or anybody looking forward to a hunt next year that they've got or anything? NWTF in a couple weeks? NWTF, uh, you turkey hunters out there, um, Dar and I will actually, we have a booth in Nashville at the NWTF convention. Uh, it's the first time we've had a booth. Uh, come see us. Uh, if, you're, if you're listening in the area, come see us. We'll have a booth. Uh, look us up and uh, I know I'm I got to start getting in shape for that Northwest Territories hunt in, in uh, July for doll sheep, and um, that's going to be fun. I know, Chip, you yeah, went where you I'm definitely going. definitely need to get in shape. 
Yep. And Not saying uh, that you aren't now, but yeah. <laughs> you told me before, get in shape and then do it. Do yeah. it twice uh, as hard. Uh, yeah. yeah. Ex- exercise as hard as you possibly can and then double it. Yeah. 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 So, um, guys, it's been awesome having you. Uh, thanks for uh, sharing here on the podcast, and um, appreciate you guys spending your time and money with us down here uh, on an outfitted hunt here in, yeah. in Mexico. And thanks to the Deer Association for yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Thank yeah. you yeah. for the Deer Association and yeah. Colburn and Scott. You guys have been great. Absolutely. Um, thank you. Look great forward week. to the next time. Thank yeah. you. Thank, thank you. you for a first class hunt. Thank we you. Appreciate it. Thank you for teaching me. How to glass a lot better than I ever have. <laughs> These so guys are no, amazing glasses. No joke. Yeah. yeah, you know they'll have they'll have two dozen deer spotted before you even get your fifteens up <laughs> and out of your pack. So, well, guys, it's been awesome. Thank you. All right. That's a wrap. Let's fry the ticks up. <laughs> <laughs> Let's eat some ticks. Need a drink? Wait, <laughs> yes. uh, sprinkle.